How's it going, Justin? Hey, what's up, Chris? Not much. Uh, how's your day? Uh, pretty good. It was long though. Had a. I'm off tomorrow and Thursday, so had a lot that I had to to get through, but I made it. Awesome. So you work at Spectrum, right? So, so what's that been like? You know, with everything COVID and whatnot, what what changes have you all made in the office? Uh, I mean, so we're we're limiting the number of people we have in the store. Um, you know, we have we all wear masks. Um, you know, hand sanitizer available for everybody. We have uh, stickers on the floor um, where for six foot social distancing and stuff like that. Right. Um, you know, and we're just we're making sure everybody stays you know separated the best we can. So it's been trying, but now it's like. You know, it's one of those things that's just another day at the office now whenever we go in. Right, for sure. And that's, yeah. that's interesting. I, you know, I, I would have thought a place like that would would be all remote during this, but I guess a lot of people don't really pay bills online. So. Yeah, and when you think about it, with all the, you know, remote learning and, you know, I was shocked with how many people actually don't have Internet service. Um you know, a lot of people coming in because they need internet for their kids to do their homework. Um, so it, it's been it's been busy, but I, I will say I think Spectrum's done a great job of making sure we're safe um, and keeping the customer safe as well um, during this uh, you know crazy time. For sure. All right. Well, just uh, going to get into things. If you just you know kind of. A- Start out basically. I know we had you on back in the spring when you first started doing the show uh, on the PK shootout, but I don't, I don't think we never really did like a formal introduction as to who you are. Because, you know, like I said on Twitter the other day, I feel like everyone in the South End kind of knows you <laughs> in some way. Yeah. At, at least what I've found out over the past few years. So, um, yeah. yeah, I feel like if they if they have if they don't recognize my name right off, they uh, once they see me, they recognize who I am. So. <laughs> For sure. um, but I mean, so I've been around the soccer community. Um, I graduated high school. It's in like 2004. Um, so I, I went to PRP. Um, after after high school, I went on. I never played club soccer. That's an interesting fact about me. Is mm. my parents could never afford it. Um, and back then, I really just you know it wasn't as popular. So you're not as readily as exposed to it as kids are now. Um, so, uh, after that, I went and played NAI school, um, St. Catherine college, um, you know, wasn't the, wasn't the best of player. Um, I was a goalkeeper. Um, we played in the same conferences like Lindsey Wilson, Campbellsville, um, schools like that. That's, those are schools that people recognize, you know, more than that, more than St. Catherine at least. Okay. Yeah, totally. So, uh, you know, you mentioned before that you, you know, you um, did some coaching. Where where have you coached at? Talk a little bit about that. Okay. So um, I started off when I was a a freshman in college. Um, Me and one of my my roommate, actually, he's from Canada, um, Sheldon Lucas. So I started at Nelson County, um, Nelson County Elite. I started their academy program. Um, I was their first coach ever um, for their U9 academy players. 
Um, basically what that was, was the players, you know, that were a little better than rec players at that time, um, that they saw potential in to feed into their, um, their, you know, their club program. Um, so that was a good experience. Uh, my, my buddy Sheldon Lucas, my roommate from college, um, he's a Canadian kid. Uh, I mean, great player. He, I mean, just his skills were unbelievable, but he actually helped me run that. Um, I did a couple goalkeeper camps um, while I was at Nelson County. Uh, coached one year for Fall City, the first year that they started up with their U12 program, or U11, I'm sorry. Um, then after that, I did a year at um, Oldham County with uh, Simon Bird, who's actually the one of the directors for the Little City Academy now. Um, wow. So I coached a youth team with him, um, you know, all while I was in school. So, you know, I was playing, going to school and uh, coaching kids on the side. So it was hectic, but I really learned a lot of, about the, the, the game through those kids. It was, it was nice to see. Um, you know, my college career, I tore my ACL three times in four years. Oh, brutal. Um, which I mean, to me, uh, you know, at the time, obviously it, it wasn't fun because I couldn't really train with the team. I couldn't play. Uh, I only got to play actually, actually play the game for one season. Um, and that one season I, I had a partial torn ACL and they just told me to keep playing until I fully tore it for surgery again. So wow, uh, <laughs> I actually tore my ACL my freshman year at college in a, our first preseason game. Oh. Uh, but I say it was a blessing because I ended up, you know, learning a lot from the game, just sitting on the sidelines watching. Uh, you know, I did a lot of stuff like posting um, on Facebook and stuff um, just for parents who couldn't travel to the games and things like that. Uh, ran the social media accounts. Um, and then I actually got the opportunity from Tim Walls, their head coach, to be the graduate assistant for that program. So, you know, you look at most graduate assistants and they kind of just are there. But Tim really gave me the opportunity to jump in. And um, I basically, myself and one other graduate assistant, we ran the, the basically the JV team for St. Catherine. Uh, so we were the only ones that would go to the, you know, away games. We would travel, do the lineups, everything with them. And then I was also the goalkeeper coach for the, you know, the first team. Um, so it, it was a really great experience. I did that for uh, two seasons, and then ultimately the school closed down. So, yeah, what did they ever do with that building? You know, I, it's still there. Um, there's been a lot of rumors, you know, that something. I couldn't remember what for sure. Yeah, that, I mean, there's been a couple rumors, like an agricultural school. Um, you know, it's a shame because it the the school it, its downfall was, which was it was a good thing in a way because they hired a lot of local people. Um, but at the end of the day, those local people just really didn't know what a lot of them didn't know what they were doing. So as far as like financial aid and stuff, they got in some trouble with the, um, you know, the student loan people. Um, so that's ultimately why they ended up closing down. Just, it, it wasn't rain very well, which is, which is sad because it had the potential to be such a great school if it had uh, some good leadership. I mean, I had some of the best times of my life there. Right. So as uh, Tim Walsh, he's at Midway now, right? 
Yeah, Tim is Tim's the head coach at Midway now, which I thought what they did with the program was amazing. Uh, so Midway was historically an all-girls school. And I, th- I believe it was 2015 or 2016 when St. Catherine closed. So they went co-ed. They took the whole men's soccer team, the whole baseball team, um, the whole basketball team, um, and I believe the golf team. But they took all of those kids into um, the school, which I thought was an amazing thing. I mean, because you got to think we had kids from England. Um, you know, at that time, I think England was the, the major nationality we had. Um, but we had some Hispanic kids or like Guatemalan kids that were uh, going to be coming to St. Catherine. So you got to think we didn't find out until June officially that it was going to close. I mean, we had heard oh, some rumors, right. but but the higher ups in the school kept saying, oh, no, it's fine. We're not going to close. You know, it was a Dominican school. So they're like, the nuns won't let this place close. So we kept recruiting, you know, and we did a lot of our stuff international. Tim did. Um, and so we had kids come in from another school. I think it was Talladega that closed down. So they, you know, you got to think June recruiting's done. Everybody has their rosters, everything. And we had, they, Tim had to call these kids and basically say, hey, I don't, you know, I don't have a spot for you anymore. Um, wow. But with, with Midway coming in, you know, he was able to give them the opportunity to still come and play under him and get the scholarship and ultimately get their, uh, you know, their education, which I think was, was really amazing. Oh, for sure. You know, education comes first you know like they say so you were able to graduate from there right before it closed down. yes okay. yeah. so I have a, a business degree um, in management which is ultimately why I'm a you know manager at Spectrum um, you know I want to say there was a couple other schools that were really big for our kids at St. Catherine too uh, I know Spalding took in a lot of kids Bellarmine Campbellsville Kentucky Wesleyan. So there was a lot of schools around the, the, the state that really helped out those kids. For sure. Okay. Let's, uh, let's kind of backtrack a little bit. I kind of missed over this. You know, kind of tell us how you got into soccer. I mean, what made you, you know, play soccer in PRP high school? I mean, when, when were you first a fan of the sport? I mean, a crazy thing. So I went to a Catholic school when I was younger. I went to uh, St. Dennis, which it's closed down. Um, It's kindergarten through eighth grade. Um, And there, I mean, we had 20 kids in our graduating class my eighth grade year. So very small school. You know, I played baseball, basketball, soccer. Um, I just, soccer, I really didn't start taking seriously, honestly, until I got the opportunity to play in college. Um, I mean, my freshman and sophomore year, I didn't even play in high school. Wow. You know, I played just with friends and stuff, but then I, you know, I played in a youth youth league over off Ashby Lane, uh, Southwest Youth Soccer. And, of course, because of the area, you know, there were some PRP kids there, and they kind of talked me into playing um, because they needed a goalie. So it was – it's. I really didn't honestly get into it 100%. Um, the way I am now until I was in college, to be completely honest. Wow, yeah, I mean, I, I can relate to that. You know, when I got to Butler, that's kind of when I learned about soccer, you know, my junior year of high school, which wasn't that long, but it was two years. So, I, uh, you know, before that, I, I didn't know anything. I, I knew, like, the teams, but, like, I didn't, I didn't understand the sport. But 
now I feel like I have a yeah. It's a really, it's a really, it's a really similar story to yours, to be honest. I mean, I know you didn't start off with Mario until your junior year, but then you just came like engulfed in the game, kind of like I am. So it's pretty similar, to be honest. Wow, that's funny. Did not know that. <laughs> um, okay, so let's just you know just talk a little bit about some of your memories playing there, and then just kind of touch a little bit. You know, this was what early two thousands. I mean, how much do you think the sport has evolved on the high school level since those days? Man, it's it's crazy. I will start off by saying, um, while I was there, we never beat Butler. You'll be uh, glad to know that. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I think in Louisville, the Louisville area in general, that the sport has grown. I mean, when I was younger, there was, you know, there wasn't Louisville City. There wasn't. Uh, you know, MLS just started when I was in high school. I mean, I remember when Freddie Adu was a big deal. Um, but I just think, you know, I remember playing at Western High School. Um, you know, they had a team and they were really good. But I remember their goals being of like PVC piping, like really small piping. And the goals hung down to where you could literally touch your head on the uh, cross the crossbar. Um, you know, it's just it's just crazy to think about some of the stuff we play. You know, nobody had a soccer specific field ex- besides PRP at the time. Right. Um, I mean, we, we got one my junior year. Um, we had a scoreboard that we fundraised for. It's funny. And uh, I never actually got to use that scoreboard. <laughs> they didn't put it up until after we left and we fundraised for it. It's kind of funny. Oh gosh. <laughs> but now you look at it and soccer's so much more exposed, uh, you know, the Premier League's on every weekend. Uh, you know, I just think it it's just more talked about now. Right. You know, and back then there wasn't – I mean, social media was just getting going. I mean, I know Facebook probably just started that year. So it's not like you can go on there, go on Twitter or anything and, like we do now. I mean, I remember – I remember my first smartphone was the uh, – you know, it wasn't even one of the flip phones. It was an old-school phone that had this, you know, no, the Nokia bricks. Um <laughs> I didn't have social media until after I graduated high school. Um, you know, I remember the Razor flip phones. I remember right at, after high school when that phone was big. So I'm kind of showing my age there. Um, but it, it's uh, it's definitely interesting to see how far it's come. And I my love for the game just continues to, to grow the more I watch it. Uh, it's just all about – it opens up a lot of doors for kids. And I just think it's a great thing. For sure. Okay, uh, just what, what's a you know a game in high school that you played that that you still remember? I don't know, fifteen, sixteen years later. Um, so my, my best friend Steve Phillips, who used to be the coach at PRP, um, you know of him, obviously. Um, you know, we graduated together. And I remember, so Western was really good. They were one of the only schools that had the ESL program at the time. Um, them and Airquois, but Airquois didn't have a team at that point. Um, and I remember me and Steve, you know, sitting, I remember what kind of car he had, his blue Grand Am, um, and us driving to Western, uh, or actually it was at PRP this game was, sorry, the district semifinals. And it just so happened, you know, soccer games back then, if you got, 15 parents it was a good crowd right so it we got lucky and it was on a thursday night and the powder puff game was scheduled after our game 
So, you know, halftime, there's 15 people for PRP there, you know, five, 10 parents for Western. And mind you, Western's really good. They beat us three to one in the regular season. Um, we drew them the first round and halftime, you know, 150, 200 kids show up for the powder puff game. Um, so, I mean, it, the place was electrifying. I mean, it was amazing. Uh, and we ended up winning that game three to one. I'll never forget. I remember, uh, so we were up two to one and, uh, we had a long throw in and our striker was a basketball player. And he was just like ungodly athletic and just faster and stronger than everyone. He looked like a grown man out there playing with them. Um, and they threw it in and we had a video. He hit the ball with his hand clearly and the ref didn't call it and it dropped to his foot and he scored. And that was kind of the, you know, solidifying goal that we won. We're going to win the game. There was, you know, five, six minutes left. And I still remember to this day, one of their kids, looking at the linesman and flipping them off, you know, flipping the bird to him because he was so <laughs> mad that they missed the call and he, he got a red card. And, of course, with all the people in the stand, I mean, they just erupted. It was it was amazing. I'll never forget that. It was wow. awesome. That's interesting they did a power puff game for PRP and Western. I never would have thought that. I mean, well, no, it was it was just a powder puff game for the for right. the school. But it just happened to be, you know, after our district soccer oh, okay. tournament so game. What, it, it just it, the schedule just worked out. It wasn't on purpose. It wasn't nothing like that. Uh, it was just our school. You know, I think it was the juniors and seniors um, powder puff game, and they played against each other. So it it just kind of we got lucky that we had right. that crowd. Yeah. It seems like you don't we, really see that too often. Power puff games. Uh, I don't think that's something we ever did at Butler. I to, I can't remember. Do you do you know what that is? Have you seen that before? I've heard of it. It's something with football, right? Yeah, so basically it's reverse. You know, usually you have the guys playing football and the girls cheerleading, right? So they do it, or they used to do it for the juniors and seniors. The girls would play flag football, and the guys would be the cheerleaders. Uh, so it's just kind of like part of like a homecoming week kind of thing, you know, just to get school spirit and stuff huh. like that. Yeah, well, that's something that I guess we just never did. Because I don't remember hearing about that at all. That's odd. I guess, I don't know, school spirit really isn't the same as it was. You're uh, you're making me feel even older now, Chris. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying to sit here and think. I do not remember ever hearing about a Powerpuff game at Butler. I know Manual does that uh, going into their you know Manual Mail week, but I don't ever. Remember that. And I I remember when I was in high. I remember Butler having it whenever I was young. You have to ask Mario about that and see if he remembers yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they just had it back then. But honestly, just four years I was there, I, I don't remember one bit. <laughs> Okay, uh, yeah, so, I mean, just, you know, kind of talk about some of that, you know, your, more of your soccer experiences, you're a goalkeeper. What, what did you like best about the, the keeper role, and what did you not like about it? I mean, to be honest, when I started, uh, you know, the reason I started playing is because I didn't want to run, <laughs> to be completely honest. I mean, that was just my mindset, was I liked the game and wanted to play, but I didn't want to run, so the goalkeeper – was perfect for me. Um, but I mean, you know, playing it in PRP, it, it was, we had a good team, but we were nothing special. Um, you know, we, we, the best we did both years, we come in second in the district. Um, and then my senior year, my junior and senior, we both, we lost to the sales both round of regions. So, um, they were just really good back then. I mean, they were contending with St. X and all the really good schools. Um, 
but I don't know, as I grew, um, it's just some, you know, and, and started to love the game more. The goalkeeper is just, it's, to me, it's exciting because, you know, you see the whole field, um, you know, a good goalkeeper, a lot of times you'll see the, the plays unfolding before they actually, they actually happen. Um, you know, and in my opinion, the goalkeeper should be the loudest person on the field. Um, and that was one thing I was talking to Mario, um, Mario about after the um, Fern Creek game with uh, Fern Creek's keeper. I know he's young, but it, and I talked to John about it as well. Just it seemed like for strong period, long periods in the game, both their goalkeepers would go just without talking, um, and you could tell that it that that in a high, real high level game, you know, college stuff like that, that makes a huge right. impact. Um, so I, that's just something that I noticed. But I just I just like the pressure of it. Um, you know, but on the other hand, you can be, um, you know, you could be the, you could be the hero, or you know, you could let an easy goal go in, and then you're, you know, you're the villain. So uh, it definitely comes with, uh, with some, some ups and downs. Uh, I truly believe, like they say, a goalkeeper has to be a little crazy, um, because who in their right mind, you know, sees a ball coming at them and they uh you know their instinct is to dive in front of it or you know the ball's at someone's foot and they're winding up to kick it and you dive in front of it it's kind of uh it's kind of like the reverse what your instincts are to do so it's kind of kind of interesting when you think about it sure yeah i mean it's definitely i think it's a role that doesn't really get a whole lot of appreciation um i don't know i just feel like that's just a a thing that gets overlooked is the keeper really that's a big part of the game I agree, and I think that's one piece to the local high school game that's really, uh, you know, lacking. I mean, we've had some really good goalkeepers come from this area. Don't don't get me wrong. You know, Chris Cahill, um, the backup keeper for Louisville City, Hubbard, he's from Louisville. Um, you know, there's some other good ones. But, you know, a lot of really strong goalkeepers, you, you don't see that very often in the high school game. You know, obviously St. X, Trinity – um, schools like that, you know, they have decent goalkeepers, but as far as like a really, you know, strong list of, uh, you know, five to 10 goalkeepers in the state, it's, it's really hard to find that, you know, amazing couple goalkeepers. Right. Yeah. I was, uh, kind of impressed with the one at Holy Cross this year, uh, Jackson, I can't remember his last name, but, uh, he kind of stood out to me as one of the better ones in, in the sixth region and, um, Bullet East actually, they have a good keeper as well uh gay bringers um you know and you hear a lot about uh you know a lot about that kid from holy cross too i've heard a lot of people talk about how good he is but unfortunately you know he plays in what the sixth region so i mean he's really not going to get that respect that he deserves uh you know that's what that's what's kind of tough about is if you don't play you know for one of the good county schools or you don't play for, you know, St. X in the seventh region. You you kind of go overlooked. I mean, perfect example, look at Salati for PRP. Uh, you know, PRP is having, you know, a down couple years, but that kid is probably one of the top players in the state. And you can't tell me that he's getting the recognition that oh, he deserves. Definitely. Yeah, I, I mean, I noticed that right away this year. I, even Mario said, I mean, that, that was one of the, one of the best forwards he's seen, 
you know, throughout his 12 years of coaching. And that, that says something when, when he's saying that. Yeah. That's one thing I've always said about Mario. If you get a compliment from Mario, uh, you know that you really earned it because he doesn't just give compliments, um, you know, just For to sure. anyone. You know, I went, I went to the, the seventh region final, um, you know, after me and you met at the, the Butler Fern Creek the, the right. two days before. Um, and I thought the goalkeeper was the difference in the game. Um, on a bad standpoint from KCD. I mean, one of the goals, he, he just seemed to be really, he was short to me. You know, well, if you're a, you know, a short goalkeeper, if you're super athletic, you can make up for it. Um, but the first goal that he let in, I, it was, it had a lot to do with his height. Uh, you know, he made some really good saves. So not saying anything bad about him at all. Cause he, he seems to be a very good player. Um, but his height definitely played a role into into their first right, goal. Yeah, and uh, another keeper I forgot is one that North Oldham had uh, last year, uh, Zane Love. He was he was probably the best I've seen um, for as long as I've been doing high school, you know, soccer, which hadn't been that long. But um, he really stood out, and I believe he he went somewhere overseas. I want to say it was Germany. He was playing somewhere. Uh, I've heard of that kid yeah, before. I know you're talking really. about. I was sitting with um, Hunter. Hunter, uh, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. Yeah, I was sitting with his dad, Brian, during the 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 say next uh, KCD game because Hunter was there, you know, to get his All Region award, and we were talking about the goalkeeper for KCD and and how he was, you know, while good, his size kind of hindered right. him a little yeah. bit. Yeah, um, thank you. Might be talking about Trey Murphy. They have two keepers that play. Yeah, they they switched at uh, halftime. They did. Yeah, the starter gave up two goals, and they were down two one at halftime. Um, and then the game, they switched keepers at halftime. Um, the keeper keeper made a couple saves in the second half, but he he was really short too. Um, that they, they didn't end up. Nobody scored a goal in the second That's half. Interesting. Yeah, I have to look at the stats and see which one it is. I know Trey Murphy. Um, he was coming back from the ACL, MCL. Um, the the one who started was the curly head, or the one who played in the second half was a curly head kid. I, think I don't know what his name was. He got hurt the the, the night when Collegiate uh, played him. And so they uh, took him out the rest of that game, but I'll have to look. Um, so let, let's switch over to, you know, the EPL. Who's who do you think is the best keeper in the Premier League? <laughs> I mean, you know, obviously I want to say uh, David De Gea, um, but uh, I think he's definitely out of outside of his prime. Um, you know, I I love Allison. Um, I think if you can combine him and Ederson for Man City, Ederson's distribution to me is just. It's unreal how good he is with the ball at his feet. Um, but I, I would say for me, it's one of those two are the best keeper yeah, I right wish, now. Yeah, uh, I wish Man City can figure out their back line. That's kind of driving me nuts here lately. So. <laughs> I wish Manchester United could figure out a starting 11. <laughs> right. and just I mean, stick you, with you, think, you think all these teams could. But I don't know. It's been a weird year for EPL. Nobody's undefeated this year. First time ever. Yeah, I saw – I know I – I texted you the other day. It's funny. Uh, 
for the first time in Premier League history, the first six weeks of the season, every team has at least one loss. 2020, so of course that would happen. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's just crazy. That's the first time. In, in the whole yeah, history I, of the Premier League. I'm going to go out on a wild prediction. I'm going to say it's going to be an underdog that wins it this year. I don't think it's going to be the typical, you know, City or Liverpool. I, I think it's going to be someone that we're not expecting that ends up winning. You know, I really like I really like yeah, Leeds United. Yeah, they are good. Uh, I, I don't think that they will uh, – that they'll win it, but they remind me of like uh, – uh, Leicester City in 2015 when they won it all. You know, they just – they work really hard with each other and they have some skill. They have a good striker. Uh, now, I don't think they'll go on to do the stuff that Leicester City did, but yeah, I think I they're a good Jamie team. Jamie Vardy's on a – he's on a mission this year. <laughs> he, he just – his story's crazy too. You know, coming – him and, and, and Golo Conte coming from – Basically, football where you're making hundred dollars a week to, you know, now what they're making, which is it's just sure. crazy. Yeah, I, I had to send you a video of uh, how Leeds United used to play back in the seventies. They were a very dirty but physical team. So I have to. Have you seen it before? It's an old black and white video of Leeds United. Yeah, it's just nah, it's an old black and white video. Price, I think it's the seventies, and it's just Leeds United just tackling everybody and just playing a very dirty you know, defending way. So it, it... <laughs> yeah, you have yeah, to send I, that over to me. I, uh, I'm glad they kind of cleaned things up a little bit, at least what I can tell. But I know they they put they put a good fight into Liverpool. I know that, I know that game was pretty close. Uh, I mean, they've had a lot yeah, of really close games this year. Uh, it's just crazy. You look at the, you know, the top – Six seven in the table. It's it's kind of nuts right now. The teams that you see in it. I mean, you tweeted the other day about Everton being top of the table, um, which that won't stand. Obviously, it's early in the year, but it's just funny to look on right. there and it's, see. It's actually it's a whole lot better than this time last year because Liverpool pretty much had the league won by you know close to November. I mean, you had <laughs> yeah. It, it almost took the fun out of it. You have Everton first, Liverpool second. Aston Villa wow. third. Aston Villa. Um, then Leicester, Tottenham, Leeds is in sixth, and then Southampton's in seventh. Crystal Palace eighth, Wolves ninth. So you have Chelsea, Arsenal, Man City, Man United that are out of the, the top nine teams in the league. When, do you, when yeah, could you ever yeah. say that? I don't know. That's a good point. I don't think that's going to happen now, now, granted, like we said, it's still early. You know, like Man City's only played five games. Man United's only played five games. Um, so it's still early. It's definitely going to change, but it's still just it's neat to look in there and see sure. that. Okay, so you mentioned earlier that you coach club, right? Was that a club team, Nelson? Uh, okay, Nelson County Elite. Yeah, that was. It's in uh, Nelson. It's obviously Nelson County out by okay, Bartstown, so Kentucky. Kind of get into this discussion. Uh, we'll try not to make it too long, but you know, club versus high school soccer. Since you've been on the receiving end of both, uh, I would assume. I mean, just you know, kind of give your thoughts on both of those, and I guess we can just get in discussion about that on the big difference with club and high school. Uh, I think. I mean. 
Um, both, both team, but like both leagues are good. Um, it, it's it's tough. I mean, I think the lack in high school is you have a lot of um, high school coaches that aren't you know great coaches, um, which is understandable with the amount that they get. But you know, you got to do it for the passion right. and love of the game. Um, but I, I'm a bigger fan. I think high school, the experience for high school is is amazing. Um, but I think for a player really wanting to develop, the coaching is just better overall for club. Now, I'm not taking anything away from coaches like Mario or, uh, you know, the the guy, the guys who coach at St. X or, you know, places like that. They're great coaches. Don't get, I'm not saying anything bad about them at all, but there's, you know, a lot of schools where you just don't have, you know, really, really great coaches. Um, and I'm not going to name any because I don't want to, you know, speak down on anyone because that's not what I'm, you know, I respect them for putting the time and effort in that they do. Um, it's just, uh, I think overall at the club level, you, you sure, get yeah, coaches. I mean, that's, that's, it's a fair statement. Um, you know, I, I don't know too much about club, but I just, seems like I would, I would want to represent, you know, my high school more than a club team because that's something that you only get to do for four years. I mean, I think it's it's pretty special to be able to hold up a trophy for you know your high school team if you're, if you're lucky enough to do that. So, um. I, I I agree. I mean, winning a district championship in high school would have been a great feeling because I still remember how it feels to lose it. So I think that experience um, is right. amazing for sure. Okay, so um, you know, just kind of jump into. You know what? What? What exactly do you want to do with soccer now? I mean, I mean, what's your, you know, plans and goals for soccer? Do you want to get back into coaching or playing in an adult league? Or yeah, I mean, you obviously yeah. know like who I've been talking to and stuff like that. Um, I don't want to say any speak on that just because I I'm not sure if he would want me to. Uh, so just out of respect for him, I don't want to say anything. Um, but I do, uh, I do definitely want to get into coaching. Um, uh, you know, I would love to do something with Jay. Um, I, I think what he does for the game is absolutely amazing. Um, and I think he coaches for all the right reasons, um, his passion for the game and overall his knowledge for the game. Um, I for think sure. it's amazing. Totally it is. He's, you don't find too many like that. Nowadays, I, I agree. I mean, him and Mario um, and John um, over at Pedro over at Frankie, I would put those coaches up against anybody in the state. Uh, I, I think that those guys, again, it, to me, it's not about the wins and losses, which they had the wins. The wins. Um, but if you look at – and not saying other people have an impact, but I just know these guys – and, you know, I love the six-region soccer, so I know about those coaches. Um, but I just think that they uh, – what they do with their kids is just, and the impact they make on their lives is, is amazing. Um, and like I said, I can't – again, not saying that the coaches at St. X and Trinity and KCD don't make an impact on their kids' lives, but you get it because you're out here in the, you know, the south end. 
the a lot of times these kids, the, their coach is the only male figure that they have in their life. Um, so it's very important, and I just respect the hell out of. Yeah. Sorry to say that, um, but respect what they do. Um, you know, I mean, look at Coach Carrillo. You know, Mario's mom. Look how much he does for their for oh, those sure, kids. Yeah, Connie, uh, sister, yeah. I mean, even well, yeah, his mom too. I mean, they they all come out and cheer him on. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. Really, there, Butler. They're fortunate to have that. Uh, Within that program, um, and, and you know, you mentioned Jay. I guess we should, you know, kind of say why he's not here. You know, congratulations to him and his wife. They just welcomed a new addition to their family, uh, a daughter, uh, yesterday. So he'll be back in two weeks. He'll be gone again next week, and the week after that, he'll be making his uh, triumphant return to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. A big congratulations to him. Um, you know, his, him and his wife, um, you know, I, I don't personally know her, but, you know, as good as a guy as I can only imagine is how good of a dad he is. Um, you know, and so just congratulations to them. And I pray for, you know, for her and the baby and for him through these, uh, you know, first couple of weeks of the baby's life. I know it's from having child, I know it's, uh, you know, it's trying not much sleep. So, uh, um, you know, I just want to, you know, say, you know, sure. congratulations yeah, to him and his family. I guess go ahead and plug his book, too, because he's not here. Uh, for those that didn't see, Prime is officially on Amazon. So that's that's pretty huge. You can just go on Amazon. takes a minute for it to pop up. It's it's not all in capital letters like the actual title. It's lowercase. Then you have to type in Prime by Jay Gravatt, and then it should pop pop right up. Fifteen ninety nine, I believe. Doesn't ship in one to two days. We'll see how if that actually happens, considering, you know, he's busy right now. But, yeah, for those that haven't, you know, got their copy yet, it's officially on Amazon. So. Yeah, um, and I'm not all the way through yet, so I can't speak fully how, you know, it all goes. But the I'm about, I think, 70 to 80 pages in. I can't remember. Um, and even if you're not a soccer fan, this book, just from a motivational standpoint, um, you know, some of the stories that you, that he shares, I don't want to ruin it for people. Um, but you can't help, but get choked up on, especially when you know, Jay as a person, not as a coach, um, the hardship that he had to go through, you know, nobody should ever have to go through that. Um, and the way that just he and his wife bounce back from that, I think, uh, you know, speaks volumes on his character, um, and just how strong um, he and his family are. So if, if anyone is looking for a good read, um, like I said, whether soccer fan or not, from a mo- motivational standpoint, um, you know, the first 78 pages is, is absolutely amazing. Um, I can't, you know, I've been really busy with work, um, you know, so I haven't got to finish it, but I read it seems like every time I pick it up, I don't want to put it down, even if I need to, you know, do something with the kids or go to sleep. So I got to, right. you, know, you know, read a little bit at a time. It's, it's a really, it's actually a perfect time to read a book like that. Um, that makes any sense. It's just... No, I agree. And I'm not a big, um, you know, I'm not a big reader. Um, I don't read a lot of books, but just because I know him, um, you know, just supporting him. I got the book. He actually gave it to me. It was last Thursday. Um, you know, I went and 
you know, bought it, met up and we bought, bought it from. Um, but it's, even if you're not a big reader, it's a very easy read. Um, so far the, the book flows really well. Yeah. Um, so it, it's really days, good. Which, you know, I like to read, so it's not that hard for me to read a book, you know, in two to three days. It's normally what I try to do, uh, whenever I start, but probably shouldn't probably should take my time with books, but it's just so hard, you know, once you're, for sure. once you're into it, you don't want to put anything down, but <laughs> it's definitely something. Yeah, I, I agree. It's tough for me to, right. you know, All right, pick well, it up. let's get into a discussion that I guess everybody's kind of waiting for us to talk on. It's been somewhat on Twitter and, uh, Jason Briggs wrote a big article about it. Uh, St. X and North Oldham last night. A few questionable ref decisions, I guess. I mean, just overall, the game was nuts. I mean, North Oldham had a 1-0 lead at half, and then uh, St. X scores right away in the second to make it 1-1. And then right after that, North Oldham scores again, and it's 2-1. Now, here's where the, the fun stuff happens. Uh, X gets a penalty kick call with a minute and 32 seconds left. And they uh, they kind of missed that, and then they score. They got the rebound and, and, and score to go, and it gets even more crazy. With 17 seconds left, uh, they get a third goal to win it 3-2. So, you know, you've seen the video. Just, do you think that should have been a penalty call for Payneck? Um, first off, so I want to say that – I believe that people saying that the kid who was refing or adult, I don't know how it is, cheated because he went to St. X. Right. I think that's bogus. Um, I, do, I do think the signer, George, put him in a very uh, – and like I said, I know he didn't play soccer for St. X, but I think George put him in a very um, bad spot to – um, you know, to ref that game with only, you know, four boys games going on in the state that night. I find it hard to believe that he couldn't find someone sure. else to ref that game. If that makes sense. So for me, as someone who's refereed and coached, um, I think it was a penalty. Um, but whether you agree or disagree with that, my problem on it is, the linesman puts his flag up right. after the t- the kick is taken. So that indicates either the keeper came off his line early, which if he did and then they score, that's fine. You can let it go. Or one of St. X's players yeah. ran in early. My problem is, is he didn't even go over and discuss that with him. Right. Um, that was my problem with it. Now let me say, take nothing away from St. X because they're a very good team. They play very hard, um, but I, I'm not. I think a discussion should have been taking place. I wasn't there. All I've seen is the, you know, almost three minute video that you know is kind of surfacing out there. So it's hard to say. I do think it's a penalty, but like I said, for me, the biggest thing is he didn't yeah, I mean, go and discuss it with his line. You know, he can't do that. Communication is that's the most important part of the NFL. and I know. <clears throat> You know, here's the thing that coaches will say, oh, we lost because of the ref. Oh, I mean, you can't always lose because of the ref. Sure, a ref can cost you a game. But you have to remember, you know, saying X scored again after that, after this penalty. Agreed. So, uh, Agreed. 
I mean, like even if the center ref goes over and just says to the linesman, hey, how's your day going? You know, how was work? Just go over and act like you're saying something to him about it. If you're so certain that it was a goal, a peak, you know, whatever, that's fine. But at least go over and act like right. you're talking to the kid, you know. So, again, nothing taken away from St. X. Uh, they did score to tie it. Now, would, would that have happened with a big momentum shift? We don't know. But For all sure. you can speculate on is For what sure. we saw. Yeah, and, you know, North Oldham, they – they could have probably closed out the game a little bit better. I mean, I know that no Jay said they only had two defenders on the eighteen. Agreed. I mean, that's that's a cruel, critical mistake on their part. Uh, it's a very cruel way to to end the game for sure. Um, but you got to think about it. At the end of the day, those referees make what maybe yeah, sixty sixty five dollars so. for that game. Um, can you can you you hold? You're not going to get the best officials um, all the time, so we don't know what other calls he made in that game. So uh, it's one of those that at the end of the day, sure. the so decision now, was made, and then uh, you move on. Talk about the final four left in the state. Um, did a little bit of research on Sanex. We'll play Corbin Thursday night at Henry Clay uh, at seven thirty. Um, you know they 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 last played in the quarterfinals or the. Yeah, the quarterfinals back in 2018, the next one, 6-0. Uh, I don't really know a whole lot about Corbin. I believe they have a good keeper, if I'm not mistaken. I think someone told me that, but I'll have to check again. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think St. X will pull out a win. I'm going to go 4-1 on, on that prediction. Uh, what do you think? Uh yeah, I think I think Saint X rolls in that game. Um, just I mean, this is basically looking off of uh, you know, looking at stuff. Um, I just I think Saint X is right. just too strong, other, and they'll uh, just roll through them. Semifinal that night. It's actually before the Saint X game. It's at four o'clock. It's South Warren and and Rao. Which they're uh, South Warren's only had one loss, and uh, Rao's undefeated. Which pretty impressive about Rouse. They've only given up four goals this year, which I don't think that's ever happened in any high school soccer season. Yeah, I saw I saw that. Um, I mean, I don't know a lot about the schools yeah. that they beat. You know, um, Connor. Um, I mean, Dixie Heights. Boyle count. I mean, I'm not sure uh, on the quality of those. Um, really, the only opponent that I recognized from South Warren was, you know, they they beat Trinity earlier in the year handily, six to one. Um, they tied Davies County in the regular season, um, beat beat Bowling Green, which is a big win, um, and then beat um, Davies County three zero in the in the state tournament. So uh, I'm going to go with the, you know, three to one victory um, for Warren County. Yeah. For South, I mean, sorry, South Warren that, in this um, game. I'm with you. I don't really know a whole lot about those teams. Uh, I know one of the in 20, when I was with Butler in 2018, I believe Rao was in the state tournament that year. Isn't that, isn't that the ninth region? I believe it's the ninth region. They're kind of Rao. Um, for for which school? Uh, let's see. Rao is. 
That is okay. yes, ninth yeah, region, thirty third district. Played Saint X in twenty eighteen. I could be wrong on that, but um, it seems like they've always had a, a decent program. But you know, I saw that only giving up four goals. That's uh, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, I don't care who you play. Giving up four four goals is impressive, and they've never yeah. given up more than one goal a game. So. I mean, they went one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten games where they gave up a goal. And then they gave up a 3-1 win to Connor, um, which is a district game. 3-1 to Cooper. Um, and then uh, three. Right. Yeah, Highlands, they're always decent. So, I mean, uh, like I said, take nothing away from those kids. To get to that point, you got to be a very good team, so. Um, that game, sure. I think, will definitely be the better of the two games, though. But ultimately, I, I think uh, St. X walks away with the title. Um, I think they have two very strong center backs um, that just look like, you know, men out there playing with boys. Uh, and I think ult- they have a pretty good agile keeper. And I think ultimately that would be the difference um, in the game, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, hopefully they don't get into, you know – Hopefully they don't walk in there just expecting to to win though, especially after coming off a you know a thriller the other night with North Oldham. That's you almost kind of don't want a game like that this late in the year. Uh, that could definitely change how your kids respond. I think. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, again, you know, as a as a athlete or former athlete, my heart goes out to the North Oldham because I know how gutting that has to be. Um, especially with the controversy. I mean, even if there's no controversy and you're up, you know, you're a minute and a half from making it to the final four of the state tournament and you give up two goals, uh, you almost rather get blown out of the game at that point than, than to lose it that way. So, um, I mean, heck of a season for those guys. I don't know their coach. Uh, so it, I, I don't know much about them. But, you know, to get to that point of game, you got to be a really – really talented group so uh congrats to what they did um like i told you the beginning of the year you know your prediction was you thought you know maybe saint x has the down year um and i remember joking around with you and saying uh you know down year and saint x are just two things that you don't um say you know say very often so uh yeah it's definitely wild i wouldn't expect that i i thought for sure collegiate would would um get back to the state tournament because they just had a hell of a team and if this if there was any year for them to win a state title I, I think it would have been this year but it's just that that brutal nature of that seventh region i mean any one of those teams could be in a state final i mean it's, uh, it's, i agree so uh yeah it's pretty wild so hopefully st x can pull out and you know represent louisville but i guess the show just isn't in Louisville, so people listen to it from all all over Kentucky. But would be nice to see them, you know, bring a state title back to the five hundred two. So. <laughs> I, I, I agree, hundred percent. Got to go with the sure. the local team to to win for sure. Well, I mean, this is really fun, Justin. If you uh, want to give out, you know, your Twitter handle or email for. Anyone to contact you, you definitely have a lot of soccer knowledge. And I think one day you'll be very, you know, you know, you've already coached, but I think that if you get back into it, you'll definitely make a role and 
a lot of people's lives and you just you have the knowledge you know what you're talking about i mean you're gonna do yeah. something to get back into it yeah i can't wait till my kids get into it um but yeah my twitter is mills m-i-l-l-s-j-u-s-t-i-n zero zero um and you know i just want to give a huge shout out to to you and jay i think what you guys are doing with this podcast um is really good um i love the you know anytime i have a question around high school soccer you're my you're my go-to guy that i ask now so um i appreciate the hard work that you're doing and you know a lot of people don't know you don't get paid to go to these games and you know put out the content that you're putting out um you do it because you love the game so uh I just want to, you know, show my appreciation for what you do. Um, and then oh, also, you know, for the podcast. So, I um, mean, it's great. I, I tune in every week and uh, listen to it. So, yeah, I mean, you've been one of our biggest supporters. Uh, I know since the very beginning when we first started this, gosh, six, seven months ago, saying it's been that long. It seems uh, like it's been years. I, I agree. It seems like it's uh it's going by really fast, but it just keeps getting better. So, you guys keep up the good work, and uh, I look forward to you know working with you and Jay in the future. And I'm uh, I'm available anytime you ask for the podcast. So, awesome. Yeah, uh, I know. I'm not sure what the status is on Jay's finish uh, finishing camp in late November. You know, his COVID numbers have kind of went up um, here in the past few weeks. So hopefully. He'll be able to have that, but I'm sure he'll love to have you out there if you want to come out or anything like that. Uh, November 25th from uh, 9 to 12, I believe, that day. Yeah, I'm willing to help him out any way he can. And anybody who hasn't gotten his book, uh, you know, Prime yet, definitely check it out. And uh, it's it's a great read. You won't be disappointed. Very, uh, you know, cost-effective as well. I know it's tough times, you know, a lot of people money-wise, but uh, the book is absolutely amazing. You won't uh, be disappointed for sure. Awesome. All right, so, uh, yeah, good having you. I'll give a quick little preview of next week. Um, next week I'm going to have Cole Thompson on. He's a senior from Collegiate. He's done a pretty incredible thing. Him and uh, a friend of his have made a, a basketball news site. Um, it's called Kentucky at a Hoops on Twitter, and they actually did a podcast as well. So I'm going to have him on here to kind of talk about him and, you know, why he decided to uh, start that basketball thing. Because in a lot of ways, me and him are a lot alike. We just love high school sports. We love writing about it, talking about it. Um, so next week will be a bit different. We're, we're going to have it's going to be a lot about basketball, but we're going to incorporate soccer into there as well because, you know, he comes from a soccer heavy school so he'll be able to share uh some of his memories and what he's seen from collegiate which is you know a soccer power powerhouse year in and year out but uh, for sure i think that's gonna be a really good episode and uh you know while it's not 100 percent soccer related uh high school sports are a great thing so i look forward to hearing uh what you guys do with that one and hopefully jay will be back Right, yeah, and I'm looking forward to that. He's going to give some good tips on what he did for his podcast because they they got a pretty good following for theirs. Um, he, he doesn't really do it a whole lot now because he's busy with school and whatnot, but um, it'll be a good one, so y'all don't want to miss that. And Justin, thanks for being on tonight, and we'll have you uh, back on here soon in the future. No problem, all right, man. You have a great night. All right, you too. All right. All right, bye.